the Lord. Let's close our eyes. Let's lift our hands. Father, we commit this service to you in the beautiful, matchless name of Jesus Christ. Holy Ghost, we commit this service to you. We will not hinder you. We will not stand in your way. Father, we release our expectation of what today should look like. And we say, Father, the only thing that matters is that you have your way in this house this morning. Father, we know that it is your perfect will that not one person would leave those doors the same way they came in. So, Father, right now we say, Holy Ghost, come. Manifest yourself in our midst. Hallelujah. How we love and bless you, Jesus. You're so wonderful. You know, church, we're pretty acquainted with what we want. We're pretty well acquainted with what we want. Even on a Sunday, we kind of know what we want. But, oh, what does the Father want? The Father wants a people that abandon themselves to Him. That says, Father, nothing in this life matters but You. Anything that's in my life that's not well-pleasing to You, I lay it down. I don't want a single thing that might hinder what You want in my life. And even here, on the second Sunday of 2023... The Holy Ghost wants to come and just bring a tweak. He's not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to get things to you. And if we'll lay down our pride and say, Lord, it's your will, not my will. It's your will that is all I care about. God wants to take you to a place of increase. Proverbs 4.18 says that the path of the righteous, and if you're in the Lord Jesus, you're righteous that the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter and gets better and better even unto that perfect day. Hallelujah. That's what we want. And that's where the Lord's taking you and that's where the Lord's taking this church. For it's the increase of His kingdom knows no end. And who's in the kingdom? We are. Our increase knows no end. Baby, if you finish 2023 like you walked in, Something is wrong. You shouldn't even recognize yourself when you look back in January 2023. I'll be with you some this year. I, I, I know a secret from the Lord. I'm on day seven of 21, 40, 100 day fast. I've been with the Lord all week. I know some things. I've already booked my next flight to Houston. Pastor Will doesn't even know. I've got marching orders from heaven to help this house. And I'm going to do it. Praise the Lord. If you finish this year the way you are now, you've missed it. But I declare over you in Jesus' name, not a person under the sound of my voice will miss it. God is taking you somewhere in Jesus' name. We're good. Praise the Lord. Appreciate you, sister. I have something from the Lord for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This week as I was praying, I saw... A fresh, and I would call it an anointing, but it's not that. I saw something fresh coming on your life from God. And it's going to manifest itself in the way that you play, in the way that you sing. And you do have a part to play in this house, even as it 
grows and flourishes into the next season. And you, you've known a way to worship up to now. But I see new songs coming to you. I don't just mean new lyrics. I don't just mean new melodies. I mean a new song to the Lord. Birthed right out of your spirit that will actually become an anthem of this house. Praise you, Lord, for what you're doing in this sister. In Jesus' name. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Hey. And you that are here, you'll hear it. She won't have to say it. You'll hear it. And you'll feel it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, I just came to flow in the Holy Ghost. I, all I care about is, God, what do you have for Grace and Truth Church on January the 8th? Tomorrow can worry about tomorrow. Next month can worry about next month. But what do you have now for these two hours that we're together? Mm. You know, the church is an amazing place. And God is destined that you can't flourish like you're supposed to, disconnected from the local church. And a lot of people go to church out of obligation. A lot of people go to church and they're bored out of their mind. But I stand here with you and you are so easy to minister to because you love God and you're here because you want to be. Not a lot of religion and ritual here. And that's something that God can work with. Hallelujah. You know, the average Christian who's doing pretty well, they're only in the house of God about 50 times a year. And right now you only do Sunday mornings. I promise you there will be more than that in the future because I've seen it. But the average Christian in the West is in church about 50 times a year if they're committed. We can't waste a single opportunity in the presence of God. And my favorite verse in the entire word of God. And I used to always get in trouble. I'd say this in front of my church all the time. And they say, but you said that last week about something else. You said that 15 minutes ago about something else. I love the word of God. I am drunk. I stay intoxicated on his matchless word. I love the word of God. But Mark 5, there was a woman who was in a desperate situation. She was sick. She had an issue of blood in her body that would not stop. And she had suffered for 12 years. And she had gone to the doctors. She had done everything she could do in the natural. She had spent every penny she had. But she wasn't any better. In fact, the Bible says that she'd only grown worse. So get this picture. You're sick for 12 long years. You've used all of your checking all of your savings, all of your retirement. You've matched out, you've borrowed money from friends. You've looked for every place in the natural that can fix me. But she was only worse. But in Mark 5, it says that she heard of the miracle working power of Jesus. And she said, if I can just get to Jesus, I know that I will be made well. The Bible says that she kept saying and saying and saying and saying, if I can just get to Jesus, this terrible plague that's afflicted my life will be over. And in Luke's gospel, it says that she was actually on the ground, pressing through the throngs of people that had come to receive from Jesus. And that she got down, crawling to touch the very bottom hem of his garment. 
And when she touched Jesus, everything changed. This is not written. This was not given to us to go, oh, was it that wonderful 2,000 years ago? That is a picture of spiritual hunger. That is a picture of how we're to live our lives. And I know I'm loud. I can hear myself echoing off the concrete. I don't care. Just wait, baby. I'm going to sweat through these clothes. I came to give you everything that I've got. And I've been praying for you this week. And I know that spiritual hunger is the missing ingredient that must be added in 2023 for you to see the greatness of Jesus finally manifest. For you know in your heart, listen to the Spirit of God, for you know in your heart that the life you live, it is a shadow of what I've called you to. You know that it's a shadow of what I created you for, but I'm taking you there, says the Spirit of God. Now listen, church, the Lord says that you have seen my glory and you have seen my goodness and you've seen my power, but it's only been in a measure. But I say to my church, won't you let me work my wonders in your life? Won't you let me work deeper than ever before so that you can see me move in your life in my fullness the fullness of my glory, the fullness of my power, the fullness of my provision. Won't you let me work in my fullness, says the Lord. Yes, we will, God. Yes, we will. We'll lay down everything that hinders and say, God, have your way. You were created for more. That is not some cheesy Christian bumper sticker. You were created to walk in dominion on this earth. These maladies in your body that you ignore, that are just a constant irritant to you, that is not your portion to put up with sickness and disease the rest of your life. To end up just stove over, barely able to move. This brother here, raise your hands. In the name of Jesus, I see oil flowing into your joints, into your hips, into your back. In the name of Jesus, it changes today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. I like you. I like you. You had your hair different last Sunday. And in the spirit, I've been seeing this red hair for about three weeks. And I've been praying. And then I stood in front of you and I caught the same word about your family tree and about your relatives. And then here today is that red hair that I've been seeing in the spirit. I want to remind you by the Holy Ghost that God promises you that this year I am going to shake your family tree. And the thing that you've asked me for, I'm going to do. Every day you thank me and keep on thinking and watch it come to fruition this year, says the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Glory. Oh, he's a wonderful king. He's a wonderful king. If we could ever just let go of what we think church is supposed to look like. If we could ever just let go of what we think life's supposed to look like. We'll just get up. Human beings are dumb. Outside of the Spirit of God, we are just dumb as bricks. Get up every day and live life. Just doing the best we can, right? But get up every day, do the same thing. Go to bed, get up, eat, sleep, poop, 
brush your teeth every day, right? Every day doing the same stuff, mundane, bored. That is not the life of God. And that boredom, that frustration, that unfulfillment, that doesn't mean you're backslidden. That means you're actually connected to the Holy Ghost and what he wants for your life. And by the Spirit of God, this year, you are going to be very uncomfortable to live in the mundane. The Lord is drawing you to your promised land, the thing for which you were born. Brother, the Lord calls you the commander. You shall command. I'm talking about money. I'm talking about influence. You are living way below, and I love you. I, I'm not beating you up. You are living so far below what is on the inside of you. The Lord says, commander, you shall command wealth. Amen. Those doors will open, you will recognize them, and then you will, with a great step of, Lord, I trust you, you will walk through it. And great shall be the blessing, says the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, he's so wonderful. I had a friend that was ministering on the American Indian Reservations. And he was ministering to a tribe there, and their chief would come to all the meetings. And he was there like Monday through Saturday, morning and night, and it is Holy Ghost pandemonium. Bodies laying everywhere, people slain in the spirit everywhere. But every service, the chief would just sit there like this. And he's got all the big headdress and the regalia, and he just sits there like this. And so my friend announces an anointing service. And he said, you know, uh, this next morning we're going to have a service and I'm going to lay hands on everyone like I'm going to do today here in this service. I'm going to lay hands on everyone and I'm going to release a fresh anointing on your life. And to his surprise, that chief that did not look like he was enjoying the meetings at all, who just sat there like this through all the meetings, he came up for prayer in the anointing line. And as my friend got to him, the chief said, big chief, no want little Holy Ghost who go, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Big chief one, big Holy Ghost. Go, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And most of the church lives with little Holy Ghost. But God wants us to have big Holy Ghost. And that's what God wants to do on the inside of you. Expand what you think life in God is supposed to look like. See, you're people of the word. I stand in front of you, you're people of the word. But if you're going to have what God wants, you got to be people of the spirit as well. We got to blend the word and the spirit, they agree. Amen. You know, the old Pentecostal evangelist used to say it like this. All word, you dry up. And all spirit, you blow up. But you put them together and you grow up. Amen. And then when Jesus comes, you go up. Isn't that right? Amen. So that's what God's wanting to do. And he's stirring the spiritual hunger in this house. And it's a good thing. Listen, it is a, it is a holy thing to be unsatisfied. You know, the Bible says that we're supposed to be content with such as we have, but those are only things that are in the will of God. We are never supposed to be content with anything that's outside of God's best. Amen. So I'm, I, I am speaking to your spirits this morning. That thing on the inside of you is God stirring you for more. Hallelujah. And I declare over you in the name of Jesus Christ, Everyone under the sound of my voice, you will have it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Mm. Have I mentioned that y'all are like the easiest people ever to preach to? You know, 
You stand up in front of a lot of churches, especially on a Sunday morning, and people are like, move me if you can. And just and impress me if you think you can. Man, that is like saying, sick them to a mad dog to me. I say, I will take the challenge. But there's no one like that here. Praise the Lord. All right. So I was praying this week, saying, Lord, you know, I'm here for two Sundays in a row, and that almost never happens. And so I want to just pick up where we were last Sunday. I want to talk about what the Lord is saying for the new year, and then how in the world do we make sure that we receive what God wants for us. And I don't do one-liners. I don't title messages. There are people that do, and they're really gifted at it. But I heard this in my spirit to give you, from God, my guarantee for 2023. My guarantee for 2023. How you can guarantee that you won't miss it. That's pretty awesome. I've been feasting on this myself this week, and it's been tasting pretty darn good. And I'm fasting, so it's been tasting really, really good. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. If y'all see me sip on this, I've got me some juice and stuff so I don't fall over. Because like I said, if, if I knew how to preach and just, well, the Lord is so good, and we've come today, and we see in his word, that's just not me. And that's not Pastor Will either. So, all right. Let's jump into some stuff. I'm going to attempt, and listen, there's this thing in me, this, this lack of discipline. I will write out a message, and I, and I really intend that I'm going to go that direction, and it just never happens, but I'm going to try to not stay here the whole service. I just want to recap what the Lord said about 2023. Some of you wrote some things down. You should. Some of you didn't catch all of it. You'll catch some more of it today by revelation. All right. So this is what the Lord said about 2023. The Lord said that there's economic hardship coming to the nation. Now, that again, and I just want to say this because I think it's important for integrity. I could not tell you in a way that you could understand how important it is to me in this revelation that I walk in, that I will one day stand before God and I will give account, all of us will give account for every idle word spoken. But I'm going to stand before God and give a special account for every word I've ever declared in His name. I take it so seriously. I'm not afraid of going to hell. I just want the largest reward possible when I get to heaven. I don't want to have anything where I've lost my treasure because I wasn't faithful with what He gave me. So what I'm telling you isn't anything that I've heard on the news. It's not anything that I've, you know, read about on social media. And I know that there are things going on in the world economically. God doesn't let me have news. I don't have any of that in my home, not on my phone. I'm not allowed to have any outside noise. There are people that they have an assignment from God to stay involved in politics and all that. Not me. I just hear things from talking to people sometimes, okay? But the Lord said there's economic hardship coming to the land. And in 2020, when I was in the hospital and I had my three-day encounter with God where I was caught off in the spirit for three days, he showed me what was coming to the earth and that it would start out as an economic crunch. Well, that happened when they shut everybody's businesses down. And then there was going to be a press where everyone just felt the pressure. And I believe that's where we are right now. 
and then there would be an economic vice where it would be like the screws tightening, and that's what people would feel. But that's not going to be your portion because the Lord said there's going to be abundance for the people of God, even in economic hardship. Amen. All right. And that Psalm 6511, this is God's promise to us this year that I will crown the year with goodness and even the hard places. And he's speaking economically. Even the hard places shall overflow with abundance. Praise the Lord. That's the promise of God, that the hard places economically, that they're going to overflow with abundance for the people of God. And then this promise, oh, this promise, that Malachi 3.18 would be our portion, that you will once again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, those that serve me and those that do not. That is what, if, listen, if you walk with the Lord and partner with this this year, you will end New Year's Eve 2023, going into 2024, you will say that was what it was like for the wicked. That was what it was like for the people without the covenant. But this year the Lord has prospered me. It touched them, but it didn't touch me. Now, see, there goes the sweat. All right. Never get fat. Young people, you're under the age of 30, never get fat. It's like a lifelong fight then. Praise the Lord. But I'm down, baby. I'm down. Woo! Can I tell y'all a supernatural story? Well, you don't, you don't hear it anyway. I was here the weekend of July 4th. And I had entered what I did not know was going to be a grand adventure with God. I was standing in the studio in my office... And I was doing some recording. And I was telling the story about a man that had had God. He went to sleep and God took out an artificial shoulder joint and gave him a brand new shoulder. But God left the old joint right there on his pillow. And he took the joint to the hospital and they documented the serial number. And it actually says, shoulder replaced by miracle of God in his medical file. Right? And I was telling that story in, in the Power of God Studios. And the Lord said to me, just as that man served me faithfully and I did that for him, now I'm going to take this weight off of you. And I went in the ministry at 19 and my whole life, the schedule has been jacked up. I've been eating after the meetings every night at like one, two, three o'clock in the morning. You know, you see the way I preach. I mean, I'm hungry. I mean, I was in a meeting with Jesse Duplantis. He said the specialist told him it's like eight hours of exercise to preach one hour under the anointing. No, not like, dear brethren, not that kind of preaching, but I mean Holy Ghost preaching. So the Lord said, I'm going to take this weight off of you. And that was right before I came. I came to Houston, and for 30 days, I lost a pound a day, but nothing changed. I didn't change my diet. I was doing what I've always done, and every day my wife would say, I mean, you're looking a little thinner. And then I would notice, my goodness, my clothes are just hanging off of me. So as I was packing for that July 4th trip, I went ahead and I, I had a pair of jeans that was like two sizes smaller, like in the back of the closet. You ever had faith jeans? Those were like faith jeans that my wife had bought me. And my weight does go up and down because I fast so much, but I'd never gotten into them. I threw those in my suitcase, and by the end of those 21 days, they were too big. So I went home and nothing fit. And so even the clothes I have now, 
Even the clothes I have now, I'm just, I'm shrinking. Now I'm on this fast, that'll happen a little bit. But the Lord is giving me supernatural weight loss. And he said it's a sign and wonder for the church. And that he doesn't love me more than he loves anyone else. He'll do it for anybody. There's an anointing to do what he says to do, but then trust him for the increase. I've not changed one thing. But I will say this. Walking with the Lord after all these years in the ministry, my taste buds begin to supernaturally change. And I kid you not, you couldn't pay me to eat milk chocolate bluebell ice cream, which used to be like my favorite. I've lost my taste for it. It actually it, it doesn't taste good. I can actually barely taste it. But if you make me something different, like chicken thighs and mashed potatoes and salad, I love it. And I eat as much as I want, but the weight just keeps coming off. So if you struggle with your weight, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but if you want supernatural weight loss, lift your hands. Father, this anointing, this thing that you put on my life, I release it now in Jesus' name on the people of this house. Father, the same way it settled on me, and it was effortless. And you got all the glory. I thank you. You drops now on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, you say, I don't believe that. Well, it won't work for you. But you believe that, you partner with it, it'll work for you. And then when it does, encourage me. Send me a message on social media. Come tell me in person. I've got people, I've been doing this all over the country. So I'm down a size. I'm down two sides. I'm not doing anything different. Everything's changing. Just come encourage me. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So economic hardship, the Lord said, that's for them. But for the people of God, there's going to be great abundance this year. And the Lord said, don't participate. And this is important. This is actually the key. Don't talk the problem. If you ever hear these words come out of your mouth, you are not in partnership with God. If you ever say that's too expensive, you've got to lose that kind of talking and that kind of belief. If something exceeds your ability to buy it, you say, I'll be back for you later. Don't let those words of lack come out of your mouth. It shows that you don't really understand that El Shaddai is your father, the God who is more than enough. That you don't really understand that Jehovah Jireh is the God who provides. So if you get that, that lack and that scarcity, and now it's inflation, right? Now it's recession. Now it's layoffs. Don't let those words come out of your mouth. The Bible says, so look, I've been at this thing a few days, coming up on 30 years. You know what separates victorious Christians from defeated Christians? This thing right here, right? The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue, and we will eat the fruits thereof. If there's, any, if there's ever a time I don't like, like what my life looks like, the first thing I look at is what am I saying? Have I gotten undisciplined with this tongue? James says that this thing right here is a rudder that takes us everywhere in life. You can go to where God wants you with your tongue, or you can go to lack and poverty and sickness and broken relationships like the devil wants, and it all starts here on the tongue. Isn't that right? Now, listen, this is good medicine, but sometimes it's a little sour. Just the Holy Ghost will help you take it down. See, God's not trying to beat you up. God's trying to lift you up. Change the words. Here's what I do. My wife, God bless her. Did y'all meet my wife when she was here in July? That's my supermodel. People say to me, your wife is 10 times hotter than you are. And I said, yes. 
Yes, absolutely. If you ever see a man and daughter who has an ugly wife, he just got impatient. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Just look. Just look. Look at the greatest men of God on earth. They would never, they would never be a supermodel. But they always have pretty wives. I'm just telling you, God knows. God knows. I said that in one church, and man, there were a bunch of single ladies just glaring at me. Mm. Hallelujah. I just tell the truth. My wife, we, we have permission with each other. If you hear that defeated, religious talk of lack, if it, you ever hear it, correct me. I got the Holy Ghost, but I also got you. I got my help me. You correct me. And man, sometimes it will just irritate me to no end. Okay, so her thing is, my wife has a spiritual gift. She never says a negative word about anyone. She says nice things about Joe Biden. I'm not kidding. I mean, she's like, can you imagine what it must be like to be him? Can you imagine what it must be like to be out of your mind and be on the world stage? And I mean, can you imagine what it's like if you were like incontinent and had to stand up there in front of everyone? You can't say anything negative around my wife or she'll always say the opposite. It's not that she's trying to. It's just not in her. Oh, don't you know that they're hurting? Oh, don't you know Jesus can set them free? Honestly, it's quite irritating. Sometimes I want you to be my ride or die. Let's go bury them and repent later. No, no, no. No, no, no. But you need people in your life that if they hear you talking defeat and lack, call you out on it. Man, Amos chapter 3, verse 3. My favorite verse in the whole Bible. Amos 3, 3. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? Everybody wants the life that God wants them to have, but they don't realize that they're out of step with me. That's what the Lord said. They don't understand they're out of step with me. In all the things we're talking about today, the reason I'm batting clean up on service number two is I want you to walk step in step with God. Not a little bit to the left, not a little bit to the right, just straight ahead. And I see you doing that in Jesus' name. This year, I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ that Grace and Truth Church, hallelujah, every person under the sound of my voice, this year, you won't miss it. This year, you're not going to take any detours. This year, you're going to stay in the perfect center of God's will. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And great shall be the rejoicing. I, listen, you could go ahead and celebrate ahead of time. I see you ending this year, hallelujah, set on higher ground. Some of you, God is going to lift you out of the miry clay. Is going to set your feet on the rock to stay. That's not just a praise and worship lyric. That's the heart of God. I'm going to take you from where you are today, and I'm going to set you on higher ground. See, this is the thing. Religion wants you to do it by your own efforts. That's wrong. But this beautiful thing that we're a part of in the body of Christ, the grace movement, they make everything about what Jesus accomplished, but they don't understand just obedience. Now, I'm not saying this about you, but if it fits, take the medicine. You can be where it's all on us, it's our ability, it's our might. Well, you find out pretty quick, that dog won't hunt. But then everything's over here and we live in the shadow of the finished work of the cross. God's already accomplished everything. Nothing I can do can impress him. Nothing I can do can make him love me anymore. That's the best revelation ever. But it can make you very passive. 
And if there's one thing I would say to this house when I walk this ground preaching, there's a little too much passive. And it's what you find everywhere in the grace movement. It's all on Jesus. But what is my responsibility? I'm giving it to you. This is the key. Amos 3, 3. I'll bet you there's not two days a week in a year I don't read Amos 3, 3 or say it out of my mouth in prayer. Maybe three days a week every now and then I wouldn't say these words. Lord, I'm in agreement with you and I'm walking step and step and step with you. I mean, how can you live this life? This is what God says. Amos 3, 3. How can we walk together unless we're in agreement? How? It don't work. You ever tried to be in a relationship with someone where you just don't agree? It's hell on earth. God loves us so much, he'll just, he'll sustain us. His grace is so big. But most people, they live sustained by the mercy of God. But they never get over into the blessing of God. I declare over you that your days in the mercy are come to an end. That you're going to live in the blessing, not just the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know this. Yeah, clap. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not fishing for applause, but let me tell you something. When you say amen, when you clap, you're actually semening that in your own spirit. This is for me. People that sit there and go, mm, yeah, mm, hallelujah, oh, amen. They're not really getting this. That seed is not really getting roots, and it won't grow. Asked them the next day, what was church? I don't know. I went. I, don't, I ain't got nothing. When you amen, when you clap, when you engage, that is giving roots to the seed of the word of God. And I see roots going deeper here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Hallelujah. Well, I said that, and it kind of bounced off the back wall, so I'm going to try it again. <laughs> you can have good doctrine like you have, but you can have so much of the grace of God that it's warped, where you're passive. Whatever God wants will happen. That's not the way this life works. Jesus said that this kingdom suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You'll never escape that. You will never escape that we have an active role to play. Hallelujah. So how do you know if you're passive that sickness doesn't really piss you off? How do you know that you're passive going to bed day in and day out frustrated doesn't just irk you to no end? You have got into this thing that I'm born again. My destination is heaven. I'm just going to make it. That's not the heart of God. The heart of God is occupy in victory until I come again. God called us to rule and reign on this earth. Romans 5 says that, hey, you want to make some religious people mad? Romans 5 says, think verse 12, you're supposed to rule as kings in this life. Or queens. You're supposed to rule as royalty in this life. There's not many kings that hate their life. Not many queens that hate their life. They live with great authority. They live with great provision. And it's no mistake that the Holy Ghost moved Paul to write those words. We're not supposed to live the life defeated. The Bible says we are going to encounter lots of stuff. Right? Psalm 34, 19, that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of us, us out of them all. Not, not some of the time. Not when he's just motivated. 
not when he's just deciding he wants to be a blessing to us. The Lord said that every time we encounter affliction, that God will deliver us every single time. That is not something that the passive receive. That's something that the active receive. This life in God is a partnership. See, God has dominion, right? God has all authority. But who's he given that to? Us. Us. You can't be passive when you're full of authority and dominion. So, Amos 3.3. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? You have to agree. God, you called me to be active faith, active dominion, active victory. And when I see things in my life that don't reflect your word, I'm not going to take it lying down. I'm going to immediately go to you and say, Father, what's the problem? Is it that nasty, defeated, effeminate devil trying to come against my life? He's already been whooped. I'll exercise my authority. Is that sickness symptoms trying to come on my body? I'll exercise my authority. Is that financial lack trying to come on my life, cause me to stress, not understand what I'm going to do? I'll exercise my authority. We'll make full provision of your word. And God will take us through to victory, not sometimes, every single time. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're still trying to do a recap from last week. I knew this was going to happen. All right. Second thing. And this is my favorite one. The Lord said, 2023, this will be the year of the strong arm of the Lord. And that's a number, that's Numbers 11:23. He said, "His my arm lost its power. Now you will see. 2023. Now you will see whether or not my word comes true or not. In the 70s, back in like the PTL, Jim and Tammy Baker days, there was a Bible that made the rounds called the Living Bible. Not really around anymore. We have like the New Living Translation. It's awesome. The Living Bible said in Numbers 11, 23, when did I become weak? God said, when did I become weak? Never. Never. But God said that this year, see, the word of God is alive. You can't just pick any verse you want and say that applies to this year. You can't. But the word of God, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And because that word is alive, it is still active today. And God said that Numbers 11.23, when it was written by the Holy Ghost, that in 2023, there would be this bald, white-bearded prophet standing up saying that this verse is for you this year. When did my arm become weak? When has my arm lost its power, God says? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true or not. You can stake everything you have that this year the strong arm of the Lord will be seen in your life. And God said it'll be breakthrough upon breakthrough upon breakthrough. Hallelujah. And I told you last week, and I told you last week, the Lord said you'll eat the first fruits of this. And I had a family member who walked out of our life September 3rd, I mean, February the 3rd, 2022. Never had a moment's problem with them ever. And then all of a sudden walked out of our life saying the craziest, nuttiest stuff. And then all of a sudden they're unrecognizable. I mean, literally would not recognize my own flesh and blood. And on the Tuesday before Christmas, the Lord said, this is the year of the strong arm of the Lord. 
You're going to eat the first fruits of it. She will call today. And at 4.30 that afternoon, my wife's phone rang, and there was that family member saying, my life is hell. Can I please come home? Yes, baby. Yes. Come. And even in the last week since I told you that story, the miracle is still happening. The miracle is still happening. All that black clothes and all that black makeup and all that crap from the devil just falling off, falling off. My wife sent me a picture, had a bright peach shirt on the other day, first time in a year. I'm telling you, you can see on the outside what the Holy Ghost is doing on the inside. Praise the Lord. So this is the year of the strong arm of the Lord. And I don't say this lightly. I saw the Lord's bicep. I saw the Lord's bicep. I had to, I'm, I'm having an argument with the Holy Ghost right now. Yes, I will. December 16th, 2021. For the first time ever, I went away to pray and fast and I brought my wife with me. The first time ever. It's always been my thing with God. And for the first time ever, the Lord said, bring Belinda with you. And so we rented a condo on the beach about an hour from where we are in Tampa. And it was 2.30 in the afternoon. And on December 17th, 2021, we were holding hands by the water on this second floor balcony. And there's a roof over our head and we both have our eyes closed. And I was praying about the future. And I was saying, Lord, we need your help. Lord, we need your direction. I truly do not know what to do. I've done everything I know how to do. And it was a, a ministry situation. And with our eyes closed at 2.30 in the afternoon, the hand of the Lord reached down through the, the roof of the second floor balcony and the Lord put his hand right in front of me. And you say, how big is the hand of God? Very big. Because when the Lord said, take my hand, I reached up, I dropped my wife's hand, and I reached up with my left hand, and my entire hand was no bigger than half the size of his pinky fingernail. Now, I know that the Lord was manifesting his hand. I know that the universe isn't big enough to contain the hand of God. But the Lord said, take my hand, and I did. And in a moment of time, everything changed. And when I say everything, I mean everything. The Lord took 20-something years of small thinking in a certain area. 20, I'm being very transparent. I'm not holding anything back. I had some deep insecurities in some areas. And the Lord, in one moment of time, took 20-plus years of insecurity completely out. And I was transformed as I sat there. My eyes were still closed. I saw the whole thing like a super ultra 8K high-definition vision. And I was so excited that my wife was there. And I said, baby, did you see that? We both had our eyes closed. We kept our eyes closed for like an hour. I was afraid if I opened my eyes, I was leaving planet Earth. I said, baby, did you see that? And she said, no, but I can feel it. And it's like my flesh is like moving off of itself. And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, we're just going to stay right here. And for like an hour, that presence just slowly lifted. See, there are things you could never do in the natural. Listen, if you wrestle with deep insecurity, if you wrestle with small thinking, if the words that were spoken over you by parents and by siblings, by past boyfriends and girlfriends and spouses, man, that jacks the human heart up bad. God comes in and in a moment of time, he heals it. Am I against inner healing? I'm for healing. I'm just not for anything that takes years when the Lord can come and do it in a moment. 
Did you notice that Jesus never, listen, man, you, man I, I get kicked out of some churches saying this. Did you notice that Jesus never referred anybody to a therapist, even though I know therapists that were called by God to help people? Jesus never referred anybody to a specialist. He never got out a prescription pad and he said, you know, there's a drug that if you take five milligrams, none of that. Right? Am I against medicine? I'm for healing. I'm for people being out of pain. I'm for people walking in health. So is God. But I was put on the earth to do one specific thing, and it's what Jesus paid for. And that has nothing to do with a doctor's office, a psychiatrist's office, a financial consultant. No, you don't go to some banker and ask him to make God's plan for your life happen. If you do, you can, but that's not God's best. So I'm not against anything. I'm saying there's a place you can have in God. When you marry the Word and the Spirit, you can have supernatural progress. And there's that word again. I, was, I drove an hour to get here this morning, and I'm hearing this word over and over again, and I just want to say it to you. And if you feel it land, it's for you. And if not, it's not for you. There is supernatural progress. It's like things you've been stuck up against that you just can't seem to get there this year. I mean, even right now, there's supernatural progress. And in the Spirit, I see these very large wheels, like earth-moving equipment. And they've been stuck for a very long time, but they're going to start to move. And you're going to start to make progress. And you'll feel yourself making progress. And the people close to you will see the progress. It's what the Lord's doing. It's how you end this year far different than you came in. Amen. Now, in this service, I'm going to be laying on hands on everybody that wants prayer. And we're going to see God do the impossible. Because that's what he put me on the earth to do. But listen, God does things in a moment. But there are things that God says, now partner with me and let's walk this out. Partner with me, let's walk this out. That's Amos 3.3. How can we walk together unless we be agreed? Unless we be agreed. That is how God is going to lead you the vast majority of 2023. But there's also the supernatural translation of God where he takes you from one place directly into another. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to have both. Man, and see, this is where most people get stuck. It's either all by miracle or everything takes time. We want it all. Holy Ghost, whatever you want, we want it all. I believe that instantaneous miracles are far better than progressive healings. But as long as you're healed, praise the Lord. Right? God's a healer. Hallelujah. Glory. And so the last thing, the last thing the Lord said and this is the one that will challenge most people, is divine opportunity. Divine opportunity. In church, I wrestled with this one because I know that it can be so easily misunderstood. I mean, people call me nuts anyway. I don't care about that. I'm talking about you. I want you to understand this word, that there is divine opportunity coming this year. It's really partnered with the first word about abundance in economic hardship that on the other side of that, there's actually divine opportunity. And the Lord said, it's, it's Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12. Let's read it to you. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow, when he made a covenant to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods that you did not buy. 
You will draw water from cisterns that you did not dig. And you will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And then it goes on to say, and when you do this, don't you dare forget the Lord who brought you this great prosperity. So the Lord said, and literally, literally, okay, I'm not speaking figuratively. I'm not speaking figuratively. Literally, there's going to be divine opportunity to live in houses that you did not build, filled with stuff that you did not buy, with plenty of provision that you did not have to go make happen. And, and I want to tell you that the Lord did this for me. And the older I get, and the longer I walk with Jesus, the less I care that people misunderstand what I say. You couldn't find anybody who believes more in biblical prosperity than me. You say, are you a prosperity preacher? No, I'm an over-the-top, make-you-slap-your-mama prosperity preacher. There's nobody yet that's ever walked in the full provision that God wanted them to have. Because when stuff doesn't have your heart, God will fill your hands with anything. Do you really think that God cares what kind of car you drive? Do you think that God's okay if you... And I always get in trouble quoting models, but... Do you think that God cares if you drive a Toyota Camry or an S-Class Mercedes? Does God care? What do you like? Does God care if you drive something that is a good, dependable 2012? Or does God want you to have a 2023 brand new? He doesn't care. What do you like? And so I've lived that. And when I say I've lived that, I mean I have lived that. I started the ministry at 19 years old, and I made $500 a month. And I could barely believe that I was getting a paycheck to be in the ministry. I lived in a 10 by 12 room in the church basement that flooded with sewer. I mean, I could see other people's poop floating through the floor of where I lived sometimes. Isn't that gross? I felt so close to the people of God. And I had to clean it up. Who builds a basement in Fort Worth, Texas? But they did. And the place I live would flood all the time. So I, I start the ministry. I don't care. I don't care where I live. I drove a 1992 Hyundai Elantra. And, and to me, that was like an S-Class Mercedes. It had a sunroof. It had a good sound system. Praise the Lord. I didn't care about anything. The Lord prospered me. If God ever prospered anybody on planet Earth, the Lord prospered me. In 2001, now I got married, and my wife already had a five-year-old daughter. So I became a first-time husband and a first-time father. And I was making $500 a month, kind of hard in 19... Now, now listen, I probably was making $1,000 a month by then. But it's kind of hard in 1999 to have a wife and a, and a child... Right? And make $1,000 a month. Even living in, in the church, little parsonage apartment. So I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? I need more money. I wouldn't tell anybody else to do this. But the Lord told me to go do something. And I learned how to do mortgages part-time. I was a part-time loan officer. I was fully engaged with the ministry. I traveled all over preaching the gospel. But I started doing mortgages part-time. And I could close like one loan a month. And I could make like triple what I made at the church. So my goal was, let me just do one loan a month, one loan every other month. And we'll just keep doing this. And I'll just do this until the Lord prospers us even more. I had no idea that God was going to take me on an adventure where he would pour $12 million through my hands. But he did. 
And God took me on an adventure for three and a half years where I started out doing mortgages part-time. And 18 months later, I woke up. I had 100 employees. I had four offices. I'm still in the ministry. And millions and millions and millions of dollars is flowing through my hands. So I want to talk to you about divine opportunity because the Lord did this for me. And I, I never thought about it until this week on the fast. The Lord showed me this for my life. I lived at this time. I'm doing all these mortgages, making all this money. We're giving it all the way. Who cares? It's just money. Right? I'm living in a rented house. $850 a month was my mortgage. Three bedroom, two bath, nothing wrong with that. Old house, old tile, old linoleum, nothing wrong with that. We actually loved it. It was much better than the church parsonage we'd been living in. But my, my wife was pregnant, and I was about, we were about to give birth. Say we. She, most definitely. We were about to have a baby. And it was in my heart to not be in that house. It was a three-bedroom house, and there wasn't any room for a little nursery. And we, the business was already prospering, so I already had the spare bedroom and the living room taken over with desks and network tables run on the floor. And I had like two people working for me part-time. And my wife never complained, but she said, I don't know how I'm going to have a newborn in this house. The Lord had just spoken to us to homeschool. How am I going to homeschool in this house? So I said, Lord, I don't know how this could happen. I really want to buy a house for my new baby. And the Lord told me, go pick a house. And don't, don't pick small. What house do you want, son? And I got stumbling up against this poverty thing I'd lived under. I'd been in the ministry, but I had no re revelation of prosperity. I actually gave most of my income away to world missions and other ministries, but I had no revelation of seed time and harvest. I was a giver with no revelation on reaping. Now, I live supernaturally. There was ne there's never been a month since I went in the ministry June of 1994 that I haven't had supernatural provision come my way. But I was limited by my small thinking. And the Lord said, go buy a house. And I literally was thinking, all right, in this neighborhood, I'll go get another rental with maybe four bedrooms, or maybe it'll have like an extra study. But the Lord said, go get a house and don't ask me for small. So the Lord dealt with my heart, talking about divine opportunity. I'm going to give you a perfect example of what the Lord wants to do for you this year. I said, Lord, if money were no object, there's this thing that God has done with me over the years. Quit thinking about money. Don't consider how much things cost. Consider my will. So Lord, if, so he was dealing with my heart. Lord, if money were no object, where would I live? Well, I would drive past this subdivision every day on my way to go run errands and run. We had loans. We did loans, lots of paperwork in those days before it was digital. I'd go to the FedEx drop every day. And on my way back and forth, there was this neighborhood. And it's where all the rich people lived. It's where the doctors and the attorneys and the owners of the engineering firms lived. And all the homes were big and brick and manicured lawns. But honestly, no one in my family had ever lived in a house like that. For us, we, we were gratefully middle class, proud Americans, loved God, but no one in my family ever lived in a place like that. We'd actually talk about it driving by. Can you imagine? What do those people do that live there? They must be rich. So the Lord said, don't ask small. So out of my mouth, driving down the road, and I felt silly doing it. I said, Lord, I'd like to live right there in Brookwood. And the Lord said, go buy a house in Brookwood. What do you mean go buy a house in Brookwood? 
I've never qualified for a mortgage. I've never even owned a house. I mean, I need a starter home. I mean, people aren't supposed to start in the house of their dreams. I mean, you're supposed to start with a, a starter home and then live there and then build up your equity and all this. The Lord said, go buy a house in Brookwood. So at this point, I owned a little mortgage company and I knew realtors. So you're not supposed to, but I got their username and password. I mean, I asked them. I didn't hack them. I asked them, got their username and password. And I went into MLS before everything was on the Internet and all that. And I pulled up Brookwood and there was a house for sale in Brookwood. But something was wrong with it. The listing had no pictures and the listing was incomplete. But I started reading through it and I was like, that sounds amazing. 3,200 square feet, four bedroom, three bath, three car garage, pool, hot tub, spiral staircase, marble floors. He had me at marble floors. I've always loved marble floors. There is nothing that shines as beautiful as marble floors reflecting the sunlight. I've always loved that. But, I mean, that's what they do in, like, museums. I mean, people don't live in homes with marble floors. No one I knew did. So there's this house. And the price, uh, there was no price. It looked like someone had started to enter something and just never finished. And it's just an error. So I'm reading this, and I said, Lord, that sounds pretty good, but there's no pictures, there's no price. And the Lord said this, divine opportunity. The Lord said this. Divine opportunity. I've hidden this house for you. Said, I've hidden this house for you. So, look, my mama didn't raise no dummy. I called my realtor and said, drop everything you're doing and meet me at 4306 Island Hills Parkway. We went to 4306 Island Hills Parkway and I walked in the front door and all I see is white marble floors. And I said, my God, I'm home. I saw the spiral staircase with a big old art niche niche. All lit. I didn't even know what an art niche was. I just knew I liked the way it looked. Now, listen, I've never owned a home. I'm supposed to have a starter home, right? Start small. Let God increase you. And the Lord's saying, I've hidden this house for you. So everywhere I looked, there were green tape and blue tape. And I said, my mama didn't raise no dummy. I've been in the ministry. I said, somebody's getting a divorce, and they are splitting stuff up. So I talked to the lady that owned the house. She's an attorney. She says, yep. We're getting a divorce, and it's not, it's not uh, amicable. We, we don't want each other. If we stay in this house, somebody's going to get killed. We want out of this house. And then she said these magic words. Man, if I could sell this house in a week, I'd just give it away. I don't want any equity. we just, we just walk away from this house if I could get rid of it this week. And I said, ma'am, I own a mortgage company. I'll take possession in seven days. And we moved heaven and earth, and I moved into that house seven days later, the day after my daughter was born. Literally, my, my wife still teases me about this. We are coming home from the hospital. You know they wrap the baby up real tight and they put it in the car seat? We are driving home from the hospital. And I said, we're swinging by the title company to close. No, no, no. We're going to go home. I'll rest for a few days. I was very insensitive. I mean, you know, she's healing and all that. We went straight to the title company and closed. <laughs> And we moved into that house. And that's the <laughs> smallest house I've ever lived in. And the Lord did that. See, that's divine opportunity. A house I did not build. Filled with stuff that was way beyond anything I would have ever bought for myself. The Lord did that for me. And he said, tell the church, that's what divine opportunity looks like. And I feel this in my spirit. That someone under the sound of my voice... I wouldn't be surprised if you're here. This may be for those of you listening on podcast on powerofgod.com. There's something in the realm of a business that you did not build 
filled with inventory that you did not buy that's going to come into your hands supernaturally this year by divine opportunity. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So that's not for everybody, but it can be. It can be yours. Listen, and I I prayed last week. I I asked last week, and I was praying on it this week because I just feel like somebody's missing it. Hey, it's not you. Hey, you know the thing about the car? Whether the car last week, the month of June and all that? What's your favorite color car? Okay. Listen, I was praying this week, and the Lord just told me to tell you, I'll give you the car of your dreams, even this year. And the Lord said, just because I can, and just because you ask. So if you'll ask, the Lord will do it. All right, maybe you take me for a ride. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But last week I asked, is anybody planning to make some big moves this year? And it bounced (laughs) off the back wall. So I want you to close your eyes for a second. If you didn't consider the state of your bank account, and if you didn't consider what all the circumstances would need to be, is there a big move in your heart? And if there is, you need to partner with God on it. This is the year to make big moves because there is divine opportunity this year. And when you see the headlines, and I'm seeing it again, when you see the news headlines, there's layoffs at the largest companies in America. It will not move you. You will not be moved. That is not your portion. Those hard pathways for you, child of God, they will overflow with abundance this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So my iPhone says that it's 1141 and I could not care less. I don't know what time y'all get out. I've just brought us up to where we need to be to give you what you really came here for. So if you don't want to miss it, just stay in here with me. All right. Oh, doesn't that sound arrogant? Who cares? It's true. I brought you something. Listen, all that is what God wants to do. Now I'm going to tell you how in the world do I get there? What do I need to do specifically to get there? And it's really, really simple. This is like deep spiritual revelation. I mean, this is like deep. You'll need to know the Greek, the Hebrew. Not really. You get up every morning and you follow the Holy Ghost. And you get up the next morning and you follow the Holy Ghost. You get up the next morning and you follow the Holy Ghost. But you know why most people can't follow the Holy Ghost? They have no confidence they can really hear God. They know they've heard God at times. Other times they thought they heard God and it didn't work out so well. And they just don't understand the two. So most people, they don't take moves forward because they really don't have confidence. I've really heard from God. I'll base my life on the word. If the Bible says it, I I mean, I'll take action on that. You're not going to stand with the sinner and not know how to explain salvation. You're not going to sit with the sick person and not understand healing. But for your life to really make moves, to really Amos 3.3, how do two walk together unless they be agreed? I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, all you need is more confidence that you're really hearing God. And that's what I came to talk to you about today. So we're going to talk about hearing the voice of God, and God is going to add a zero, ten times your ability to hear God with what I'm going to tell you today. People all over the world 
have ministries and multi-million dollar businesses because they just took this little thing that God gave me to how to hear the voice of God with great confidence. And you're, you're going to be mad at me when the services end. I can't believe it's that simple. But hey, listen, nothing in God is complicated. Jesus did all the hard stuff. He cleared the way for us. We're just following the path he's already made. So we're going to talk about hearing the voice of God. We're going to consecrate this year with communion. And then I'm going to lay hands on everything that moves if you want prayer. And I'm going to release the power of God. All right? So you don't have to wonder what the service is going to look like. But what I will not do is be dictated to by a clock. God doesn't honor clocks. Nothing is more important than what the Holy Ghost has to say. And it makes people mad. I don't care. Let, let the food burn. Let your friends sit at the restaurant. It doesn't matter. When you get in the presence of God, stay there. Hallelujah. You know, in the Old Testament, your butt would drop dead if you left the holy place out of season. So let's just stay until God is done. But if you have to leave, you've got things you can't break. You can't offend me. I love you. We're recording this. Pastor Will, I think we'll post it. But I want you to dial in. There's stuff you'll receive here in person you'll never get on a podcast. That's why Zoom Church is just the dumbest thing. I was going to say the gayest thing ever, but I got in a lot of trouble with some certain groups. So that's like the dumbest thing ever um, is that, you know, Zoom Church. Are you kidding me? All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about, no, let's do something different. Pastor Will's offering. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right. The Lord spoke to me that I was to take up an offering last week and an offering this week. And the whole thing would go to Pastor Will. And I said, I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not doing. And I put $1,000 in the offering last week. And all I'm asking you to do is say, Lord, do you want me to be involved in an offering for Pastor Will? And if the Lord says yes, then you say, Lord, how much? If you hear two figures, the little one's always the devil. Because the, the devil never tells you to give too much. So you ask the Lord, would you have me give in an offering for Pastor Will? And I've I overstepped my authority because he trusts me. And I've said that every penny that comes in, tithe, love offering, missions, building fund, I, anything that comes in online, I don't care. Everything that comes in till January 10th goes to Pastor Will and his family. He serves this house without a paycheck. And it's wrong. And Pastor Will, I know you're going to hear this message. It's wrong. And I tell you that all the time. The Bible says that those that labor amongst us in word and doctrine, they're not just worthy of honor, they're worried they're worthy of double honor. For as it is written, you do not muzzle the ox that treads the corn. Amen. And the next step for this church is for Pastor Will to not be working another job all week, but to be solely focused on feeding and caring for the sheep. Yeah. And it will happen. It will happen. And just because it pisses the devil off, I want you to know there's enough money in this church today for Pastor Will to be able to start drawing an income. And I am encouraging him to do that in the strongest possible terms. The devil wants him to have to crawl on roofs and measure and drive all over. But that is not the perfect will of God. He is supposed to be well taken care of by this house is the shepherd of these sheep. We love him, we bless him, and it will happen. Yes. And this year, this year, hallelujah, this year, it is the will of God that you find a home. The Lord is already preparing it for you. Amen. That will be divine opportunity. Yes. 
that will be pennies on the dollar. Somebody else built a church, put in a screen, hung speakers, built out classrooms, and they weren't faithful. And God's going to take what they weren't faithful with and put into the faithful hands of Grace and Truth Church. And at the same time, the Lord is going to take great care of Pastor Will and Silvana as our pastors. And I'm, and I'm telling you, I've already booked my flight. I'm not even telling you all the date. I've already booked my flight. I, I have an assignment from the Lord to help Pastor Will and to help this house. And I'll do anything for him. You say, but there's, just, there's not a lot of people here. Who cares? Who cares? The top, one of the top five meetings I've ever been in in my life was on a Tuesday morning in Searcy, Arkansas. Couldn't have been 30 people at Agape Church of White County. And the Lord Jesus walked through the front door straight up to where I was. So God doesn't care about that stuff. But I tell you this, I tell you this, that if this house walks in step with the Lord, this will be the smallest you'll ever be. Amen. This will be the smallest you'll ever be. I said it last week, there are families in this Houston Metroplex. I'm from DFW. I think y'all call it the greater Houston area. There are people all over this. Is there a 99? Is there a 99? What is that? I just saw a 99. There's, there's people all within 99 that are actually destined to be a part of this house. But they're just, they can't get roots where they are. And they're really frustrated because they're waiting for this to be where you guys are going to go. And then God will draw them from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Amen. Praise the Amen. Lord. Well, let me prophesy. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I picked up my phone this week. I wasn't going to tell you all this, but the Lord said, tell them. I picked up my phone this week. It was 9, 11 in the morning. I didn't know that. I've been praying. I've been up since about 4. And I text Pastor Will. said, I love you, brother. I said, I believe in for you that it's supernatural strength and a return to your body. And he said, and he replied much later, and he said, hey, that was at 9, 11, 9, 1, 1 this morning. And so, you know, I figured, well, the Lord must be doing something with 9-11 for, for Pastor Will. Not like September the 11th, but, you know, 9-1-1. The next morning, I'm just led by the Holy Ghost. I pick up my phone. I don't look at the time. If you knew how much I don't care about time, you can't be a Holy Ghost man and be regarded to time. I just, I couldn't care less. I literally wear a watch because I think it's lying if you say you won't be somewhere when you say you will be. It's the only reason I wear a watch. God doesn't care about time. You don't say, I'm going to give you 15 minutes, Lord, in the secret place. What are you doing, man? Just, just dip with Jesus and just when you're done, you're done. So I pick up my phone and I, and I send another message. Pastor Will, I love you. I'm praying for you. You're stronger today than you were yesterday. You'll be stronger tomorrow than you were today. I'm just speaking words of life to him. And um, the next day, um, he texts me at 9-11. And so we're, we're kind of doing this thing back and forth. And the Lord's doing something about 9-11. So yesterday, I'm praying, and um, just to be super, super candid with you, I was pretty frustrated because I've been praying over something, and I haven't got the answer. And I'm fasting. I'm on at least a 21-day fast. Usually by the third or fourth day, I'm already broken through, but I'm not breaking through. And I'm over in Clear Lake in a hotel that irritates me. The fire alarm's been going off in the middle of the night. I mean, it's been no fun. I fell, and I skinned up my knee real good, and driving all over Clear Lake looking for Neosporin and Band-Aids at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, devil! It's not the devil. It's just a faulty fire system. But it felt good to yell at the devil, I'll tell you that. 
is either cuss or yell at the devil. I chose to yell at the devil. So I'm just, I'm not breaking through. I'm not, I'm frustrated. And I know that anytime I'm frustrated, and listen, you Holy Ghost people, anytime you're frustrated, it's a sign that something is off. Frustration actually is like, okay, I'm not a Star Wars person at all, but my son is, and like there's a disruption in the force. When you feel like a frustration, that's what it is. There's something off between your spirit and your soul. Something's not aligned. We're supposed to walk in peace and joy and love and faith and long-suffering effortlessly. But whenever there's a frustration, it's, hey, something is, is out of balance. I'm frustrated. So this is Saturday. And I'm praying. And uh, I actually brought my HomePod speakers with me, the Apple speakers, because, man, I'm not going to listen to somebody's nonsense doing whatever they're doing in the rooms around me. I mean, I've got worship playing, and I'm like, I'm pressing in, man. I'm fasting, right? So I'm praying, and I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. And then the release. And then, boom, open vision. And the Lord answers me on something that I've been crying out for. And I looked down. I just happened to look down at my phone. I was like, I better write this down because I've learned if I don't write it down, the details will get fuzzy. Just ask my wife. She gets so irritated. You told me that was going to happen. You said on this day at this time. It's gonna... I don't remember. I got to write it down. I pick up my phone and guess what time it is? 9-11. So I had a vision and the Lord answered me. And the Lord said it's actually an answer for this house. So even though Pastor Will is not here, and I fly out tomorrow, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see him. I want to tell you about the vision, and it really applies to this house and to Pastor Will. So in this vision, I saw as far as the eye can see to the left, ahead, and to the right, like a commercial farm. Black, rich, damp soil ready to produce. But there were only a few sprouts coming up, but they were beautiful and they were healthy. They were bright green. They, were, they weren't bent over. They were straight up and down. And I am not a farmer. But what I saw was healthy plants taking root and growing. But there might have been less than 1%. And in this vision, the Lord showed me that that is actually where this house is. And that's where Pastor Will is. That there is a large field to be planted. And that this house, and especially Pastor Will, has been faithful. Faithful to the call. Faithful to the commission. But there's just not much fruit growing. But this year... There will be a great increase in the sowing of seed. And the Lord said to tell Pastor Will that he shall become a daily sower of seed. And he will fill up that plot of land. And it will produce more fruit than he ever dreamed. Some of this is small thinking. Some of this is circumstances that have not lined up exactly. Some of this is people sent by the enemy to bring discord to the church. But this year, Pastor Will Brocker will become a daily sower of seed. And it will bring great prosperity to this house. Amen. In Jesus' name. Now, 
You say, what does that look like? I don't know. I have no idea, but the Holy Ghost is going to show Pastor Will. I have some Holy Ghost intuition. I have some Holy Ghost knowing, because whenever I pray for Pastor Will, I see the skin of many nations. I see all different skin tones and dialects receiving from him. And I believe that the Lord is, it's, he's actually overdue for the Lord to amplify his voice. And then he'll have a ministry here, here, but also people all over the world that'll be listening to the sound of his voice and that awesome revelation that he has. God has not just so much for you. God has so much for your pastor. Amen. And the Lord used the 911 to bring it. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So good. So today, if you did not give last week, if the Lord has put it into your heart, I'm asking you, do whatever the Lord says to do. And I promise you in Jesus' name that the anointing of increase that's on my life and my ministry will be on every seed in that offering. In Jesus' name. God has never spoken to you to sow to take something from you. Your seed never leaves your life. It just gets multiplied and returned to you in the future. If you give by the Holy Ghost, if you give just by need, not so. But every time, say, Lord, you want me to be a part of this? Okay, how much? Little figures, always the devil. <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. You can. Yes, sir. It's, it's all part. Yes, ma'am. It's all part. Until January 10th. I have commandeered every source of revenue for this church to go straight to Pastor Will. And, there, and, it, and, and if it causes any problems with the bills for the church, I'm paying those. And if it causes taxes for Pastor Will, I'm paying those. Every bit of this is going into his hand. And we're saying we love you. We stand with you. Just get stronger every day and come shepherd the sheep. Amen. All right. Okay. So I'm going to go through this first part pretty quick. And I, I'm not a teacher. God, if you try to follow my messages. <laughs> but I'll give you some scriptures and th this will help you, man. This will help you. And then we'll dial in on, on what you actually can do in the next 30 days to be so confident in the voice of God. You, man, people won't even recognize you. Psalm 139, 16, this is like a misunderstood truth. Psalm 139, 16 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment of my life was laid out before a single day had passed. So whether you were the result of a planned pregnancy or a one-night hookup and your mama never knew your daddy and you don't know either one, it doesn't matter. Every day of your life was already written down in God's book. Now, people don't understand this. God has books, plural. Psalm 139, 16 says he has a book that all the days of our life were written down before we were ever born. Malachi 3 says God has a book of remembrance for all those that fear him. And, of course, Revelation has the Lamb's book of life where every person who's born again, where their name is written. God, listen, you can't hate libraries. God loves books. But in his book of days, your life is already written. This doesn't make you passive. This just lets you know that God knows what's coming in your life. And do you know what the prophetic ministry does? It gives you a glimpse to the next chapter. It gives you a glimpse to like three chapters ahead. 
When I was 20 years old, I had an encounter with a prophet that lasted for one hour and 30 minutes. And he outlined the next 50 years of my life. I don't recommend it. I do not recommend it. You think that's a blessing? It's really not. Now, I've grown a lot, but I mean, for years, I would walk into a situation. Is this that? Is this that? And he described my wife. And so every time I walked into a church and there'd be a cute girl that was a brunette, I'd be like, is that her? Hey, 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 is that her? Hey, mama, is it? No. I gave up. I gave up on being married. I did. Lord, I believe that was you, but I gave up on being married. And then and only then did God bring me my spouse. And we were married four months from our first date and been married 23 and a half years. There's, there's two things you can count on in this life. I mean, you can bet the farm on two things. Russell Lorfing's making heaven, and Russell Lorfing will never be divorced. I, I am tied to her forever. Facts. If you listen to the podcast, baby, I love you. <laughs> Psalm 143 says, let me, Psalm 143, verse 8, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning. This is important. Write down the word morning. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I'm trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I'd give myself to you. Man, you want something that you could stake your life on as far as direction? Psalm 143, verse 8. Let me hear of your unfailing love every morning, for I'm trusting you. And then show me where to walk, because I'm giving myself to you. Daily consecration to God will keep you on his path. It also is like the secret ingredient to hearing his voice, but we'll talk about that in a minute. All right, three more, two more. Proverbs 4.26, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on God's best path. But then here's my favorite. Psalm 5.8, and I pray this one, church. Psalm 5.8, make your way. Lord Jesus, make your way straight before my face. If you leave it to me, I will screw it up. Make your way straight before my face. Okay, so that's the what. That's what we're after. Make your way straight before my face. Think about this. If you never had to wonder about what the will of God is, then all you'd have to do is focus on just trusting him to take the next step. But most people, if you put a gun to their head, they can't really, I mean, oh, man, this makes people mad. But it's the truth. I've been at this thing a day or two. Most people, you put a gun to their head, they can't really say with 100% confidence, this is the purpose for which I was born. I wasn't born in the 1700s. I wasn't born in the 2100s. I was born, most of us, in the 1900s on this specific day, at this specific time, because God has this purpose for me. Most people don't have that. And baby, your whole life changes when you can get up in the morning and say, I know exactly what you put me on the earth to do. And there's not a devil in hell that's going to keep me from it. Most people don't have that confidence. It's a little wishy-washy. They love Jesus. They are saved. I'm not saying anything. They are saved. They love God. But they don't really walk in the confidence that I'm in your perfect will. That's not the heart of God. Brothers, that is a, brothers and sisters, that is a foreign concept. That is a foreign concept to the great cloud of witnesses. Elijah looks down at us and says, what is that all about? David, the man after God's own heart, says, what are you talking about? The Apostle Paul said, I, I, I gave you two-thirds of the New Testament. What do you mean? 
that you don't know exactly the race. Hey, Paul said, I told you to run your race to win. And you're like, well, what's my race? That's the first thing you have to hear the voice of God about. And it's the thing that God will speak the clearest about. God, why did you have me born on this day at this hour? Why? What was in your heart? Why did you have to? I mean, you wrote it all down in your book before I was ever even conceived. Why? Okay, that's the cry of the human heart that's connected to God. That's the only place that satisfaction comes from. I know people with great marriages. I know people with millions and millions of dollars in cash sitting in the bank. But they don't have any true peace because they're not really in their purpose. So I'm going to tell you how to know your purpose. Listen, I don't care about the clock. Do you want to know how you can know what you were born to do? The Lord Jesus told me this. And I've shared this all over. There's literally people all over the world know their assignment based on this little one-liner from the Lord Jesus to me. What would you do with your time if money were no object? If you had a, no, that's what the Lord said. You want to know your purpose? Deep in your heart, how would you spend your time if you never had to give a thought about money? Jesus said, In Matthew 6, don't care. Don't give another thought where you're going to live, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. But all of God's children spend most of their time trying to make money so they can have a place to live, something to eat, something to wear. But God says, you want to know your purpose? In your heart of hearts, what would you spend your time doing if you never had to think about money? Because we exchange our time for money, everybody. Everybody here exchanges your time for your money. That's what makes your life. So, God says, if you, no, listen, this is Russell saying. God said, what would you do if money were no object? Russell says, think about this. You have a $100 million trust fund, and it generates $4 million a year for you to live off of. And anything that you wanted to do that you thought God wanted to do, you could take out of that $100 million. What would you do? It's on the inside of you already. You, I, do, I don't have to wonder, what would I do? I don't have $100 million. That $12 million the Lord poured through my hands, we gave away 95% of it. Some days I wish we would have kept a little more. (laughs) But it's all coming back. Praise the Lord. It's all coming back. I gave away all my luxury, all my luxury vehicles. I can't give away enough. Man, to shame the devil, I had given away all of our luxury vehicles and I was going to buy a car and I had put together like, $18,000. $18,000. So I never, I will never go into debt. I put together like $18,000 cash. It was a lot of money just to put together cash to go buy a used car. And I was looking and I'd actually looked up what's the most reliable car I could get because I'm going to travel. And we'd already given away the Hummers and the Lexuses and the Estrelades. We'd given them all away. And the Lord actually told me, give away everything and live by faith. I prayed that he never does that to you. The Lord did not let me keep one penny. And I'm going to buy a car. And I tried to go buy a car. But I've given away too many cars. I have too many car seeds in the ground. I've given away like 11 or 12 cars to other people. Like the title, the keys, this is yours. I'd put together like $18,000. I was actually going to come to Texas Direct Auto here. Here, like I think they're room now. 
And I was going to buy a used Acura MDX with like 100,000 miles on it. Because it's, it's a good car, right? And I tried. I tried. I was booking my one-way flight, come down, pay cash for it, have like a, almost 100,000 miles on it. Would have been a great car, reliable, all those things. The day I'm going to book my ticket, my phone rings. Last night, I don't know what you're going through. The Lord told me, we have an Acura MDX, fully loaded, air-conditioned seats, tech package, self-driving, loaded, couldn't have another option on it. The Lord said, give it to you. I receive. I receive. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Same thing. I'm trying to buy a car. All my kids are driving. I'm trying to buy a car for my kids. I can't. I'm putting together the money. I'm, gonna, I'm never going to do it alone. Right? I'm never going to go get I'm not going to sit across to some ungodly person and let them tell me yes or no whether or not I can have something. Holy men don't take direction from unholy men. So um, I had money I was going to go buy. I God is my witness. My phone rings. We have this Toyota Avalon fully loaded, and we just felt to give it to you for your kids. I said, kids, you're going to get better than dad was going to buy. I don't think you need leather seats and GPS, but the Lord does. <laughs> So your purpose, your purpose. If I had $100 million, I don't have to wonder what I would do. It would just add two zeros to what I'm doing already. Even this morning, you can check out my phone on WhatsApp. I'm building a church in Laos right, right now. Your pastor said, when I'm stronger, I want to go with you to the nation of Laos and see this church that you're building. And it's in my heart to put in running water and bathrooms in the middle of the jungle. You know why? No one there has ever seen running water in bathrooms. They're used to digging a hole, you know, an outhouse, and they pee and they poop in that. You know what? That's not God's best. And I'm going to show all those drug lords and all those villages all through the jungles that God only has the best. Now, it may not look like American church, but it's going to be luxury. It's going to be five-star because that's the King of kings and the Lord of lords that we serve. Amen. Hallelujah. So for you, what's my purpose? Look, consider that. What would I do if I didn't have to get up and go to work for that weekly or bi-weekly paycheck? How would I spend my time? I had a man come up to me and said, I'm a mechanic. I wouldn't stop being a mechanic. I love being a mechanic. But what I would do is I would take single moms and moms in abusive situations and I would fix their car and I would pay for everything. All the parts, all the labor, I'd service them. That's what I'd do if, I had, if money were no object. That's what I would do. I had a lady say, I'm a baker. And if money were no object, I would, take, I would find impoverished children that aren't going to have birthday parties, and I would provide full birthday parties for them and give them the gospel. That's the will of God for their life. So if you don't know your purpose, I challenge you to get with the Lord. Marry that with what I'm talking about here in the voice of God. See if God doesn't give you a plan to get you on his best path. He'll do it. Now, a lot of times people get into condemnation because they realize, man, the decades have been passing and I'm not doing what God put in my heart. There's no room in the word of God for that thinking. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting that which lies behind. There is nothing in God that is backwards. God only leads forward. Hey, I was in Fort Worth, Texas in a, in a prayer line once and this husband and wife came up for prayer. And they're in bad shape. I mean, I didn't need to see in the Holy Ghost. I could see they hate each other. But, they, but they're, they're trying to work it out. And they come down the front, 
And they said, we need prayer. And if God doesn't do something today, we are filing for a divorce. This thing is over. We have four kids. It's going to destroy the family. God has to do something today. We've tried everything. We've been to counseling for years. We've spent all of our money on counseling. Nothing works. And as they sat in front of me, my eyes were opened in the spirit. And it looked like a monster horror movie. They actually, though their body was in front of me, their head was looking backwards. And that's how they lived their life. All they could see was what was behind. Everything that the other one said, they could only hear through the filter of all the things that had been said before. And by the Holy Ghost, God reversed their head in front of my eyes. God healed that marriage, and they're in the ministry today. Praise the Lord. There's no room in God for looking backwards. There's no room in God for regret. The great Lester Sumrall, I mean, one of the greatest men of God that ever lived, he actually had a garage built at his house that was a pull-through garage. And they said, why would you spend all that money? He said, because I learned a long time ago that God doesn't let me look in the rearview mirror. I never want to have to look over my shoulder when I'm backing up. So he made a pull-through garage. You say that's excessive. Well, I mean, he, he did a lot more for God than most people that ever walked the face of the earth. He found the key that God would never let him look backwards. Grace and Truth Church, settle this today. What, was be, what is in the past is in the past. Never give it another thought. There's no grace to live in the past. There's only the grace to march forward. And I see you doing that in Jesus' name. There are people here that all you can do is wrestle with the past. I break that stronghold now in Jesus' name. No more looking back. When I pray for people at the end of service, you will come up and you will let me lay my hands on you and you will feel that thing break. You are going to settle this thing forever. We are not looking backwards in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about hearing the voice of God. You know what? Let me just let me just break it down for you. I was crying out to the Lord. You called me as a prophet. And I hear your voice in such a supernatural way. But I wrestled deeply with confidence. And I'm just I'm talking to the Lord about this. And I said, Lord, would you show me how to hear your voice with confidence? Undeniably, I hear your voice. This was uh well, this would have been the late 90s. And I was listening to a series of tapes by a man that is, was the partner with Andrew Walmack for many years. His name is Dave Duell. And he told this story about hearing the voice of God. And the Lord ordained me to hear this story. And I'm going to give it to you. And you'll never forget it. Dave Duell um, wanted to hear the voice of God. And, he, and he, he knew that that was the key to his ministry. Is, you know, I, Jesus, help me. If you only understood that if you had confidence that you hear, your day would be so filled with confidence, you would never get off track. And if you, when you could hear the voice of God saying, stop it, you'd find yourself in cycles that would just dissipate immediately. But we actually get deaf to the voice of God. I was telling your pastor this one day, and um, the, the hardest thing for me in ministry is to see in black and white. I mean, when I look at you, 
I can see the hand of God. I can see the call of God. I often hear phrases, and it is so clear that it's like when I look at you, it's like seeing a black square in a white circle. This girl right here, I see that for you. At the end of the service, I'm going to pray for people, and I'm going to pray for you if you'll let me. Okay? And God's going to speak to you, and God's going to touch you. When I look at you, I see the hand of God wanting to do so much on your life. I don't know you. I don't know you, but I see the hand of God. And I know that God brought you here for what I have. He brought me from Tampa for this for you. So tonight, don't disappear. Before we leave, I'm going to pray for you before the service is over. Okay? And I won't sweat on you. No, no promises. But, but one, of, one of the heartbreaking things is, is someone who really is in the prophetic is you see this for people that's so clear. So clear. It's like a black square with a shining white circle that glows. It's so clear. But Lord, why isn't it happening for people? I mean, I was, I was a prophet of the house in a local church for 20 years. So I would actually have to live with the ramifications of what God said so supernaturally about people and then watch them screw it up time and time again. And, and so I would try out, Lord, what is that? It's hearing the voice of God for themselves that the Lord sets a course for your life and then they just get off track and then life just takes over. So Dave Duell, so I'm listening to this, I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a fast, I'm in this RV and I'm just listening to old-fashioned cassette tapes from Dave Duell and it's literally called Hearing the Voice of God. And I said, if there's one thing that would change my life, God, it would be to have so much confidence in hearing your voice. So Dave Duell says, him and a friend said, we're going to learn to hear the voice of God. And we are going to play hide and go seek. You're going to hide and I'm going to listen to the voice of God. Tell me where you are. And I'm going to miss it a whole bunch. But eventually I'm going to hear the Holy Ghost telling me where you are. And they started playing it like in a garage. And over time, and he felt, he felt idiotic. If you're going to hear the voice of God, you have to lay down your pride because you are going to miss it because you're going to learn to filter through your flesh, through your soul, through your own um, preferences, you know, through your own ideas about things. So he said, you know, I'm willing to miss it. I'm willing to, to miss it a hundred times, but I'm going to hear the voice of God. Sometimes it wouldn't be the voice of God. It was just process of elimination. He's in the boat. He's under the boat. He's inside the car. He's in the trunk of the car. He's behind that, you know, box. But eventually they dialed in to the voice of God. And they, they started out in the garage. Then they started out the garage in the house. Then the garage, the house in the yard. Dave Duell and his friend, over the course of 18 months, would get an entire county in Colorado. It's not like here. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of miles, square miles, and they would go hide from each other and they would pray and they would hear the voice of God and drive exactly the Lord say, right, left, straight, open that gate behind those trees. There's your friend. That really happened. I heard that and I said, I'm not. Oh. I'm not that tenacious to hear your voice. God, I travel full time in the ministry. I was a. Like, I was in an armor bearer. I was an assistant to a great man of God for years, traveling, doing revival. I said, God, I don't have anybody to play. I'm not going to go to my spiritual father and say, would you play hide and go seek with me? <laughs> God, you have to teach me to hear your voice. And the Lord taught me to hear his voice. And I'm about to tell you. And I'm telling man, this has set people free all over the world. It takes place in the morning. 
You say, is the morning optional? I don't believe that it is. You're at your most spiritual when you come out of your sleep. Peter said, as he stood up on the day of Pentecost, right, that this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel, right, that I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your son daughters will prophesy, right, and then your, you know, your, your young men, they're going to see visions. Your old men, they're going to dream dreams, right? There's something about, and I gave you the verse a minute ago, Psalm 143. It's something about the morning. Look at the life of Jesus. It says, early in the morning, well before dawn, as was his custom. Can you hear God in the afternoon and the evening? Sure. Is there something about the mornings before you engage with the day? Yes. Yes. In the morning. Now, God made coffee. It was his beautiful genius invention to make coffee and caffeine. I literally travel with my own French press. No, I mean, seriously. I travel with my own French press, my own water kettle, because I am a coffee lover. It's anointed by the Holy Ghost. I'm convinced. Y'all know who Heidi Baker is? Heidi, Heidi Baker goes all over the world to places that have never heard the gospel, and she brings a coffee press and, and ground coffee, and it's opened up so many doors in the Muslim world because she'll just make French press coffee for someone that's never had it. All they've ever done is just like chew coffee beans or boil it with some nasty water, and she makes beautiful, you know, coffee. Oh, mm, holy ghost. So get up in the morning, have some coffee, brush your teeth. Holy ghost doesn't like morning breath. Get up in the morning before you do anything else. Get you some coffee. Don't be falling asleep and say, Lord, I have come before you to hear your voice. Now, does this mean you got to go to bed earlier? So what? You're going to miss some shows, some Netflix, some social media, some hobbies. Who cares? If you knew the fruit of pursuing the voice of God, it's worth any price you could pay. The Bible says the voice of God is full of power, full of majesty, and full of wisdom. Would your life change if it was full of power, majesty, and wisdom? Yes. Yes. So you get up in the morning, have some coffee, use the bathroom, brush your teeth, and I'm going to spend time, and I'm going to hear the voice of God. Now, the Lord gave me this instruction. I'm giving it to you. I'm not going to debate it with you. You get a notebook that's brand new, that's never been used for another purpose. You say, well, that sounds religious, whatever. I don't care. I'm just telling you what he told me. He, he told the disciples, go get me a donkey that's never been ridden. Go get a notebook that's never been used for another purpose. You're buying it because you're going to hear the voice of God. You go in the morning, and if you want to spend time in the Bible, go for it. Because I'll give you a secret. Do you know what God sounds like? He sounds like His Word. The more you read the Bible, the more that's the frequency that God speaks on. I've never met anyone that can hear the voice of God that isn't a Word person. You know, one of the reasons that I stay in the Word is because I love it, but it keeps me tuned in to the sound of His voice. You're not going to catch many days on planet Earth that I'm not in the Word. I don't do it religiously. I, I mean, I don't feel condemned if I don't read my Bible. I just, I feel unfulfilled. I feel hungry. Matthew 4, 4 says we shouldn't live by bread alone, by natural food, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So if you want to read the Bible, do that. But you're not there to study the word. You're there to hear his voice. This is an assignment to tune in your receiver to hear the voice of God. All right. So you've got your coffee. You're sitting there, you're not falling asleep, and you're, Lord, I'm going to hear your voice. For 30 days, for 30 days, ask the Lord this question. 
what are you saying to me? My father, what are you saying to me? And you write down what you hear. And you're going to feel foolish. You're going to feel like, I'm not really sure that this is God. I think that's just me. If you hear God saying he's mad at somebody, that's probably just you. <laughs> Inevitably, people start writing things down like, Lord, I, I'm, that's actually too big. That's actually too big for me. I tell you this, if it's too big for your hand to write it down, it's too big for your life. Whatever you hear God saying as you're tuned in, write it down. You do that day one. You're going to feel foolish. It takes a lot of humility. If you don't feel foolish, I'm not sure this is God. Write it down anyway. The next day you get up, you do the same thing. Father, I came to hear your voice. I know that the frequency of your voice sounds like your word. It sounds like your truth. But I've come to hear what you're saying to me. Now, this will get you kicked out of most churches. I know you speak in your word. I'm not coming to hear your word. The logos, I'm coming to hear the rhema. What are you saying directly to me? If you want, you can ask the Lord, what do, I do, what do I do about that roof that should be replaced? What do I do about that loved one that's acting all crazy? Lord, what am I going to do about this bill that I have no idea how I'm going to pay? You can ask God anything. Write down what you hear. You're not going to be confident. But let me tell you what happens. Day after day after day, you're tuning in and you're, and you're starting to hear in this lane that's the same thing. It's the same thing. Now, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I have yet to have one person tell me that there's not something very specific that God says. And they feel foolish, but they write it down, and then they write it down, and they write it down, and I always say, bingo, that's exactly what the voice of God sounds like. You'll do this for 30 days. You'll get so confident. If you're hearing the same thing over and over, you're like, that's what it sounds like. And then what the Holy Ghost is so faithful to do is in the course of your day, you'll hear other things. You'll hear other things. You'll hear other things. Now, everyone's not called to stand in the office of the prophet, but we're all called to covet the best gifts. And Paul said, especially that you might prophesy. And I'm going to be laying hands on people today to activate the gifts of the Spirit that I see in some of you that are not being used near enough. Amen. My brother here, healing in your hands, just not being used enough. We're going to stir that thing up by the Holy Ghost today. Amen. Hallelujah. But you're going to get confident. Now, I'm telling you, you think you've ever had opposition? You try to make it to that morning to hear the voice of God. All hell's going to try to break loose. Show up. Show up. If you, if you miss it in the morning, do it in the evening, but show up. Lord, I am so hungry to dial in to hear your voice. And all you're really doing is getting the atmosphere where there's this intimacy that I've come to hear from you. Little babies love to sit on their mama or their daddy's chest and just hear the lullaby. They, they can pick out the sound of their mom or their dad's voice in a, crowd, in a crowded room because of that intimacy. That's all we're doing is creating the place of intimacy to hear the voice of God. And, and if you can't hear, if you'll do this for 30 days and you don't say I'm 10 times as confident that I can hear the voice of God, I'll never teach this again anywhere else in the world. But you won't. 
It'll change your life. Now, one more thing. When we talk about frequency, there, there's like a wavelength that God speaks on. It follows love. It follows peace. That's why God's never going to say, yeah, I hate your neighbor too. I wish he'd pick up his yard too. No, that's not, that's not God. That's just your flesh. There's a frequency that God speaks on, okay? There's a frequency that you can hear so much in your life that you get deaf to it. Now, I'm giving you the basics now. I'm going to give you just one more thing. But this is like master's or Ph.D. level hearing the voice of God. You can hear the voice of God in so many areas, but there's like this one area you just don't hear anything. Most of the time it's in people in the issue of their health. There are people even in this room, that have symptoms in your body that the Lord has told you, He has talked to you about, but you just ignore them. What you don't obey, you actually harden yourself to hear. It's like if, if you're a gossip, the first time you gossip, the Lord would say, now zip it, bud. Zip it, daughter. But if you keep doing it, you'll actually harden yourself to hearing that. And you'll hear God on everything, but gossip, it's like God's not speaking. Oh, no, He's speaking. When you go to God in the morning, don't be surprised if there's like, I've known that. I, I've known that. God's tuning you into what you're deaf about. I asked the Lord about this for me. And the Lord said, there's no, no I'm so what the Lord said. Now I'm going to make people mad that like Taco Bell. But I used to be a lot heavier. I mean, a lot heavier. And I was going through this thing with the Lord. And I said, Lord, I know that you're speaking this thing to me, but it's like I'm deaf. Just on this one issue. And the Lord said, you are. He said, the first time you were pulling into Taco Bell to run for the border at 1.30 in the morning, I said, no, you don't need that. It's not good for your body. It doesn't honor your temple the first time, the second time. But as I resisted that, it became, I, I, I'm telling you, I would have told you, God is never talking to me about my fast food addiction. The truth is, I was just deaf. So as you tune in with the Lord, there will be some stuff that's going to come up and it's deeply personal. You'll never show this journal to anybody. Lord, I mean, the Lord, listen, if you're intimate with God, he'll be intimate with you. He'll talk to you about things that you would never want to be revealed. Even the secret sin that people wrestle with, you think God's not talking to you about that? Oh, he is. But it's never in condemnation. It's always in, lay this thing down. Give this thing to me. But I won't say anything else because then you're going to wrestle with, no, is that really God or is that just as Russell said that? I know what God's going to talk to you about. He's going to dial you into his voice if you'll just do this. And listen, this is a great revealer. Do I want to walk with God? Do I really want Amos 3.3? How can two walk together unless they be agreed? It comes by his voice. So I'm giving you, if you want to hear the voice of God clear, you can start today. Now, faith is always in action. Faith isn't an idea. Faith isn't an amen. Faith always has an action. You know what the action looks like? Go buy a notebook that's never been written in. Faith is an action. Have your coffee cup set out at night and said, tomorrow morning, I'm getting up 20 minutes early and I'm going to go dial into the voice of God for my life. And you'll have it. Amen. That's a promise from heaven. Let me pray for you. Father, I've delivered your word to the great people of Grace and Truth Church. Now, Holy Ghost... I thank you that you do what only you can do. That you come now, Father, and you confirm. Lord, you confirm in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you that you go where the hand 
of man cannot go. You go deeper than where any surgeon's knife could ever go. Lord, you bring adjustment. Lord, you bring correction in the way that only you can do it. Father, I thank you for doing it now in Jesus' name. And as we take communion, and as we minister by the laying on of hands, Father, let us end on a high note. Let us leave this place knowing that we received everything that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, how do y'all do communion here? How do y'all do communion here? Y'all pass it around? All right. Y'all men, help me out there. All right. Praise the Lord. We'll grab one. God. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody had the elements? <coughs> First Corinthians chapter 11. Do y'all have the kind you have to have the Holy Ghost to open? Oh, no. no. These are easy. Yeah. Good. Good. There's the kind you have to part the Red Sea just to get the stuff out. All right. I was in a church where they, they refused to take communion unless it was gluten-free. I said, y'all might as well just get on out. It ain't going to profit you nothing. 1 Corinthians 11, this is Paul says, for, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and we'd given thanks. He broke it and he said, this is my body, hallelujah, which is for you. And you do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So, Father, we hold the bread. This symbolizes your body broken for us. Lord, it's illegal. It's outside of the covenant for sickness and disease to dwell in a body that's taking in the stripes of the Lord Jesus. So, Father, as we take this in our mouth, we actually receive all that you purchased. Lord, that you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon you. And that by your stripes, hallelujah, we are already healed. And we receive now in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. And Lord, we hold the cup. Lord, we thank you that we have a new and superior covenant. That, Lord, no longer do we look to the blood of bulls and goats. 
But Lord, we look to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the most powerful substance in all of creation, that this blood reconciled us to you forever. As much as the theologians hated, Father, you tore the veil and you reconciled us to you forever by your blood. And that by this blood, we have redemption from sin and we enter in to eternal life. Nothing crosses the bloodline. Father, as we travel in our cars, as we sleep in our beds at night, Father, we're not scared of disease. We're not scared of violence. We're not scared of accidents. Lord, we're under the blood. Supernatural protection is ours. And Lord, we do this in remembrance of you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's like, Russell, do you do anything quiet? I'm really mellow and chilled out. I really am. <laughs> Jeremiah said, chapter 20, verse 9, that this word in me is like a fire. He said, I try to be quiet if I could, but I can't. Because this word in me is like a fire shut up in my bones. Christians are too freaking quiet. This word, this spirit, this blood, it makes all the difference. We have the answers for a lost and dying world. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. If I have a word for you, I will give it. You don't have to like wait around. I promise you, if I stand in front of you and I have something, I'll give it to you. I made a, I made a promise to God. You gave me this gift. I'll give it away. If the Lord has something for you, I'll give it to you. If not, everything's fine. Everything's good. People, they feel like a, like a, a red-haired stepchild, like if they don't get something from God. The strongest thing you'll ever get is the witness of the Holy Ghost on the inside. Sometimes I think the strongest people, they need the least from the mouth of another man or woman of God. And I'm not downplaying the office or the gift because I walk in both. Praise the Lord. Here's what we're going to do. I have a covenant with God. When I come, I give you everything. Can you tell that I've not held anything back today? I didn't show up in front of you and just phone it in, small crowd, small building. I don't care about any of that. You are God's people, and I was put on the earth for this purpose. So I've given you everything that I have. I'll sleep like a baby tonight because I'm giving you everything that I have. But here's what I'm going to do. When I, I made a covenant with God that everywhere I go, I'm going to ask you, what's your greatest need? And if the Lord gives me a word for you on something else, I'll give it to you. But what is your greatest need? And let me join my faith with you for that. I will release my faith in the anointing that God has put on my life toward your greatest need. If it's healing, I see tons of miracles. If it's financial provision, I see multimillionaires raised up under our ministry. Whatever you need from God, you can have. If we would ever understand that we live under an open heaven, God is not waiting to be standing on one leg, all the planets to be aligned and motivated to give you what you've asked for. He said, you ask and I'll answer. Amen. You call and I'll come. So today, right now, we're going to ask God. So I don't know how to do this. Normally, we line people up along the front. I can't wait till y'all have a proper church. We'll have keyboards and keys, and we'll be playing in the background, and we're going to have some awesome Holy Ghost pandemonium. I promise you, in the new building. But 
I'm fasting and nothing smells worse than fasting breath. Gum, praise the Lord. And I'm going to come by and I'm going to pray for you. Stand to your feet. Can I just say that day-old smoothie king is no bueno? It sounded like a good idea that it would last until today, but nah, we say no to that. Praise the Lord. Hey, you want to strum for me? Hey, and do this. Is I'm flowing in the Holy Ghost and releasing the anointing. You just go with whatever's in your spirit. And when we do it right, it'll actually end up and it'll actually increase the anointing in the building. Okay? No pressure. But you just dial into what's going on in your spirit and just see if you don't actually feel different chords and however all that works. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. So we're not going to linger. I don't want to hear any conversation. I'm coming to release my faith. And if I have something, I'll give it to you. All right. Praise the Lord. The Lord says, faithful, faithful, faithful. And here comes the blessing. This year, there is a blessing I've reserved for you, for you have been found faithful, says the Lord. Lord, whatever she asks, I release it now in Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name. I'm not going to touch you improperly. Put your hand right here. Lord, into her spirit, I loose a fresh anointing. Filled in Jesus' name. Hey! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Strong. 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 The Lord says, your pastor needs the strength that you have. Strong. You will stand by his side and you will be a strong right hand. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's great as, as I put my hand on you. I just feel healing is needed and healing you shall have. I loose healing now in Amen. Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name. Hey, Amen. and if you'll dial in to the voice of God, there is a fresh instruction coming for you, not from the mouth of man, but from the mouth of God. Fresh instruction for you. The Lord said, you've been asking and I'm, I'm about to answer. I'm about to answer in the secret place. In Jesus' name. I'm going to jump around a little bit. I'm coming back for you guys. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. My brother here, give me your hand. Father, I stir. I, you are fully gifted. You're fully gifted. Now, you're about to shrink. I told you last week about the Lord going to trim some excess, but I see you actually trimming in the natural. I actually see damage into your body that is actually just, it's being exacerbated by your size. And the Lord says there's a fresh grace today. And you're going to, I see you. I see you finishing this year smaller than you are today. I'm not trying to embarrass you, telling you what I see. And the Lord says that even this day, that God is stirring the gift. It's already on the inside of you, and you are one that has seen it in measure, but you've always known you haven't seen it in the fullness. And the Lord says, it's been the cry of your heart, and you shall have it in Jesus' name. And, and I release it now into your belly now in Jesus' name. Hey, right there, right there, right there in Jesus' name. If you'll pace your house and pray in the Spirit until you feel the anointing come into your hands, you'll be activated. You'll know you're walking in activation. I see you. Now, this is odd, but this is actually in the evening time. I see you walking, praying in the Spirit, and I see the anointing. You'll feel it in your hands, and you'll know the gift is being activated. Nothing shall stand before you as you pray for the sick. 
But this is the activation, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, this lady here. Can I just say that I really don't like these tables? Lord, thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, I loose the anointing for her greatest need in Jesus' name. When I grab your hand, I see the hand of the Lord working in your family. I have no idea what that is, but I see the Lord moving in your family. The Lord says, I've heard you, and I'm doing exactly what you asked. And you'll see it with your eyes, and you'll hear it with your ears, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, my precious sister here, thank you for the anointing. Hey, I'm going to hug you. Is that okay? I'm going to hug you. Father, I release the anointing. Hey, hey, hey. The sound of your voice is precious to the Lord. I loose the anointing, Lord. Lord, even at her age, Lord, I loose a fresh anointing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Lord has called you, sir, to be a pillar in this house. The Lord has called you to be a pillar in this house. Anything that would pull you to either direction is not of God. You are called to be a pillar in this house. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Last week you mentioned something about your son. And Lord, I thank you for the anointing flowing into the life of her son, to his family. I see it. I see you praying. The Lord's already answered, and it's already happening underneath the surface. You just can't see it. The Lord says, I'm at work. Now watch me work. Lord, give her her greatest need now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know it? Okay. And I've been, been ministering in the hospitals. Awesome. But it's, they require COVID shots. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take the COVID shots. Yep. Smart. And I don't know how to fulfill that because I love going into the hospitals. I was able to go in and knock on the doors and allow me to go and knock on the doors. And just yeah. All right. So this is not from the Lord. This is just from Russell. Yeah. But I know a thing or two. Yeah. I've been at this thing a day or two. Yeah. If you'll start where you're at, doors will open. If you won't, pray for the sick. Ask the Lord on a daily basis. Bring me somebody. Mm-hmm. See, there, there's, there's a confidence that you need that the Lord is going to give you. Now I am telling you something from the Lord. I've exited Russell mode and I'm back over in Holy Ghost mode. There's a confidence that God's going to give you today. When I was 19 years old, I wasn't bold like I am today. I was timid and I walked in great insecurity. And a man of God laid his hands on me and gave me confidence by the Holy Ghost. And the Lord just told me to do that for you. You're going to have new confidence as you leave that building. See that exit sign? When you walk under it, you'll have a confidence that you didn't have when you walked in. You're going to pray for the sick in your daily life. And doors will open. Yes. Raise your hands. It will work. Raise your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, I loose this confidence that you gave me by gift. I give her Now, in Jesus' name. Now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Lord would say unto you, my my, my sister, that he is going to give you a pair of glasses. There is a way that you see the world that he wants to bring change to. 
And he's going to give you by the Holy Ghost a different vision, a different way to see the world. And it's needed because this thing that is tied in, inside of you that's unfulfilled, it can't manifest without different vision. And the Lord says that even this day you're receiving new vision. Take my hand. Father, in Jesus' name, by the anointing, I loose it now. New vision. Hallelujah. In, in you, my brother, there's a strength inside of you that this house needs. If you feel like you're supposed to be doing something else, it's not God. You shall be the planted of the Lord. And in this house, you will flourish. And I see giftings. I don't know how old you are, but I see giftings on the inside of you that have lied dormant. And by the Holy Ghost, I activate them and I stir them up now in the name of Jesus. Right out of my left hand it went. Stirred, 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 stirred in Jesus' name. Complete the work of healing. Complete the work of healing. I loose it now in Jesus' name. Even into these lungs. Hey, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, the commander. The commander. When I stand in front of rich people, I know it. I don't know what your bank account balance is, but you're going to be rich. Are you rich now? I'm rich now. All right. You're going to be a whole lot richer. Yes, sir. By the anointing. Raise your other hand to heaven. This comes by impartation. Lord, this grace you put on my life, I impart to him now. I loose it now. The supernatural wisdom, the supernatural favor to command millions. It is yours now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Lord says to follow inspiration. There are people that have walked the path that you know that God has put you on. Begin to read about their lives and follow their inspiration. It actually will clear out some things for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll pray for both of you at the same time. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I see the anointing at work. Lord, in this body, there's a restoration happening. In these bodies, there's a, hey, I see a turning back of time right now by the anointing. Hey, y'all brothers, come stand behind them just for a second. In the name of Jesus, I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing turning back the hands of time. And I loose it now in Jesus' name. Down to the cells, down to the cells, driving out that which it would take your life early. Turning back time by the anointing. In Jesus' name, you shall flourish in this house. The length of your days you shall fulfill. The length of your days you shall fulfill. In Jesus' name. You are needed here. You are needed here. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hi. Praise the Lord. The path that you're on right now is not of God. Is not of God. There is a far greater path that God has called you to. And the Lord said it is one step to the right. If you'll just take one step to the right and just say, Lord, that's what I want. No more hurt. No more pain. No more being taken advantage of. Lord, one step over, the Lord says. It's not a long way. It can happen today. But the Lord's going to be dealing with your heart. It's one step over to the life of your dreams. The Lord said if you could only see 
what I have for you. You'd walk that way immediately. And I see the Lord giving you a dream in the night of a very different life. And you're going to want it, and you're going to have it. In Jesus' name. May I have permission to pray for you? I'm going to put my hands on both sides of your head. All the good stuff that God put on the inside of me, I'm about to release on you. All right? Father, in Jesus' name, everything that's not of you, I curse at its root. But all the good stuff, Lord, I call it forth. And I release your anointing. And I release your presence right now. Everything good, Father, grows at a supernatural rate. In Jesus' name. What's your name? Hannah. Hannah? Hannah, I'm going to tell you that in the immediate future, like the next week or two, you're going to try to do something that you've always done and it will not be enjoyable, it will not be pleasurable, and you will say it was that sweating fat guy from that Sunday morning. It's the hand of the Lord upon your life. You are destined to be a powerful woman of God. I know nothing about your life, but I see you walking with God. You're not married, are you? Because I see who you're going to be married to, and he's a man of God. And I see your children, and they're going to be raised in the house of God. And I see a whole legacy for your family that is nothing but goodness. Nothing but blessing. Hallelujah. God has so much for you. Your life will prosper beyond your dreams if you'll just take one step over right with the Lord. Do you know what that means? All right. You will. It'll make sense to you. Okay. I don't know what I'm saying, but I know the Lord does. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, I want to pray for Maddie. Oh, yeah. She's wet her voice. You can see it. All right. All right. Father, in Jesus, I'm going to put my hand on your throat, okay? Father, only you can do this, Father. Her voice, now, in Jesus' name. Lord, only you can do this, now, in Jesus' name. <laughs> only you can do this, God. <laughs> now, in Jesus' name. Mm. I, I live in the fear of the Lord. And when I put my hands on her, I hear her talking. I hear her talking. She will? She will. Now, do you, does she talk now? She does some, yeah. She has some words. Yeah, yeah. More. Yes, more. More, 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 more coming more. in Jesus' name. I hear her talking. I hear her talking in the spirit. And it's so close. It's like right now. She's, I mean, she's been... She asked me every day. She's like, Jesus, I want my voice. Jesus, yeah. I want my voice. So she, yeah. I mean, I know it's coming. I Hallelujah. feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Does she love music? Yeah. Yeah. Because what I actually hear, I hear singing. Okay. I hear singing. And it would be just, it'd be the right thing. It would just be the lane of heaven. Music, worship, singing. It's in that lane. Okay. I hear it. In Jesus' name. Thank you. You know, so I gave you a word already. I have no idea what's going on. But man, I mean, you could bet the farm that the Lord is shaking your family tree. I don't know what that means. Yeah, the Lord is shaking your family tree. No, you're another one, that you are a pillar of this house. If you ever felt like, I think the Lord wants me to do something else, that's not God, you're gonna be a pillar of this house. And you're gonna mentor many. The Lord tells me to tell you, you're gonna mentor many in this house. All right, praise the Lord. All right, His, I prayed for you already today, right? Give me your hand. Father, anything. Anything else my sister needs, Lord, I loose it now by the anointing 
in Jesus' name. I praise you for it. It's the song of the Lord. It's like in tongues and interpretation. It's you and him, and it's a whole new rhythm of the spirit you're about to walk into. So what do I do with that? You just go that direction. Sing in tongues, interpret. When I prayed for you just now, that's what I felt. I felt like a new tongues and interpretation activation, and you'll do it in the lane with your gift. All right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Grace and Truth Church, I love you. I'm going to see you. I'm going to see you again sooner than you think. You can pull up my United app. There's already first-class tickets booked. I'm coming back. I'm not going to tell you when. I'm not going to tell Pastor Will. But I promise you I'll be walking through that door before too long. Hallelujah. Love you very, very much. Do me a favor. Connect with me on social media. Powerofgod.com. I have an instruction from the Lord to be more available to the body of Christ from now on out. So powerofgod.com. And I'm on every social media platform under R. Lorfing. R-L-O-R-F-I-N-G. But powerofgod.com is super easy. Love you so much. God bless you. All right. Praise the Lord. God bless you. All right. I'm finally going to get to figure out what's the hold up with my computer. I'm going to have to go to Lenovo, the actual. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to get on the phone with him tomorrow. So. All right. So listen, I told Pastor Will, I will help you. He's got a pastor's wife somewhere else who said they would help, but evidently really busy or whatever. But whatever you feel that you guys need, I will help you, whatever I can do. This stuff is like effortless for me. I mean, it's so easy. I'll help you. But the first thing you could do, and it would be very wise, January 1st, 2023, go back one week, just get a new ledger book. Okay. Record every offering and record who gave it. Okay. All right. Are you writing the checks for anything that's needed for the ministry? And then have another ledger book. So we have one for offerings and income, another one for expenses. Just start there. That'll be the building blocks we use for anything else. Okay. Two ledger books. Two ledger books. Okay, got it. Deposits. Deposits. Offerings by person. So we could give year-end receipts if we need to. And then all the checks we're writing for the ministry. Two different ledger books. Start that. We can do anything from there. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Hi. No, but were you part of that? My, it's named for my sister. It's my, my sister's family. She was the first. Awesome, awesome. So you know Holy Roland, don't you? I do too. When I was a child, I spent every summer with her because she had two kids mm-hmm. my age. Okay. My sister. Yeah. Pastor, right? Was 